Recorded live. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it? Uh, it's going. It's going. Uh, we're short on time, so <laughs> we got to go as quick as we can. I don't got that much to say on everything. I just wanted to get something and try to get it up. So I finally got my computer fixed. That's what's been going on. It's like on my end. So. Cool. Uh, we can just jump in. Uh, this is with an Ohio bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. Show forty, baby steps. I am D, Cleveland born and raised, Buckeye born and bred. And I'm Jake from Youngstown to see us. We're talking the sports you care about. And in this show, well, of course, we're talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers toppling the mighty Bulls and moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to talk Cleveland Indians, the roller coaster that is the hitting and pitching of the tribe. Uh, we're going to briefly talk about the Browns and the new NFL policy. Uh, then we will move on and talk about the NHL playoffs and everything that's going on now that we have the conference games getting underway. We then will give a quick talk about Rory McIlroy and his impressive performance, uh, and then just talk about the great win in MMA for Stupid Mijocic. Ohio's most in the edge since heavyweight fight and the big match coming up for John Jones' vacated belt. Uh, this is with an Ohio bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. We will see you on the other side. Your mic sounds a little muffled. Does it? It might just be on my end. No, it's probably bad because I know it goes in and out sometimes. Does that sound better? Yeah. All right, we're going to talk Cavs, Browns, Indians, and, of course, check in on the NHL playoffs. Uh, The big news, the Columbus Blue Jackets have named the captain. We will check in in the world of golf, talk about the impressive performance by Roy McIlroy, then talk about the big match coming up, the vacated belt by John Jones, and, of course, congratulate Steve Amiotis on his huge win down under. This is with an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with B and Jake. Jake, let's get into it. The Cavs, as you put, as you uh, had rightly laid out, even when LeBron came back on our podcast, they exercised some demons. We now have the best player on our side, and they uh, buried the Bulls, and uh, Matthew Delvadova played a huge role in that closeout game. And I think I got exactly what I wanted. Uh, the, the shot after the game that Derrick Rose hit the shot, uh, it really, really was satisfying as a Cavs fan and doing it in Chicago in front of their bench and just sticking it to them. And you could really see how that just like took them completely out of the series. So uh, poetic justice, I suppose. But uh, now on to bigger and better things and the Atlanta Hawks. Absolutely. Uh, one quick point about that shot. I think it's going to do almost what it did to the Cleveland franchise. Um, I don't think we're going to see the Bulls be able to recover from this. Um, you know, they have the contract situation with Butler coming up. Derrick Rose still can't prove that he can sustain his health. And uh, where do you go now that they still still have Tom Thibodeau in the contract, but everybody's speculation is that he will no longer be there. So we might see the end of that franchise for a while, at least when it comes to playoff contention. Yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, Thibodeau will be back uh, by, you know, I guess a year-long campaign pretty much in Chicago, it sounds like. Um, I I expect it to be something similar to what happened with Doc Rivers, 
You know, there's the new Vogue thing seems to be trading coaches, so I can see Thibodeau being traded somewhere. But then, uh, you know, it, it all hinges on Derrick Rose's health going forward. If he's if he can play a full season uh, at the level he played in the playoffs, then I think Chicago's going to be okay. Um, we'll see what happens with Paul Gasol, but uh, in Jimmy Butler's contract situation uh, is up in the air. There's definitely, you're right, a lot, a lot of things going on in Chicago that got to get sorted out, uh, and uh, it could lead to a downward trend for sure. Uh, as one of my good friends said, but those aren't the problems that we have, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we got our own problems, and those problems come with the number one contender, the number one team in the NBA East who has home advantage in this series, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, Cavs going up against them. I know you sent me a message about it. Um, I honestly will tell you, and I, I'm not trying to get too hyped, but I feel like the Cavs can sweep these guys. I have tough this series going into a series in Atlanta town. I have no respect for the Atlanta Hawks for what they put together this regular season because you know what? It's the NBA regular season. Um, it's people with text guys night in and night out that aren't motivated to play for whatever reason if they were out at 4 o'clock in the morning, like some of the Atlanta Hawks players doing things that maybe they shouldn't have been doing or just in the rain, wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I think the Cavs will literally impose their will, and I think we will see LeBron James really um, really take it to another level. He struggled a lot in the Bulls series, and I think this is the series where he really gets it going because he knows, and this is the best thing about having this LeBron uh, versus pre-heat LeBron, is now he knows what it takes when you can get an opportunity, and you keep hearing this theme. You talk about that shot he hit against the Bulls. It's coming from his own words is that he loves playing on the road, and I expect some big things in game one again, too. Yeah, uh, we just got done uh, talking about the Chicago Bulls, and, you know, I've made this comparison before, but the Atlanta Hawks kind of remind me of maybe a poor man's version of the 80s version of the Cavs with Mark Price and Elo and Doherty and Nance and, you know, just a very balanced team, no superstar though. Nobody that really could, that you wanted to say, that's the guy that's going to take over in the fourth quarter um, and always ran into the superstar of Michael Jordan. Well, here we are uh, with LeBron James as the superstar playing against a balanced team. So again, some juxtaposition there, but um, I, I think that the fact that LeBron struggled shooting, and, and really Kyrie struggled shooting as well in that Bulls series, um, I think that's a positive sign for us because we were able to handle a team that everybody, there was the chic tech to be taking the Bulls over the Cavs, uh, and we handled them pretty easily without those two playing at their top, uh, other than LeBron playing in that great, uh, that one great game that he had. So I think going forward, that's only going to improve, and that's a little bit of a scary proposition for the Atlanta Hawks. Absolutely, uh, and one of the things that people forget, everybody always likes to make the Michael Jackson and the Tito Jacksons and the Jackson Five comparisons. Well, people forget the Jackson Fives can sing and dance and play instruments too. They just not ultimately, you know, superstar talent, but they can still do some things that normal people can do. And I think we've seen this Cavs bench. Um, if it's Matthew Delvadova, all those guys get confidence. And look for, I think, the two guys that are really going to help us. And I think rebound is going to be a key to this series. But I think Mozgov and Thompson have a very good series because they can – Mozgov's going to struggle a little bit trying to keep up with the, you know, the 18-foot jump shots, the forward, and if he switches on Millsap. But I think Tristan Thompson has the athletic 
athleticism to keep up with Millsap and, and really give him some struggle. And those guys hit the boards well. The Cavs can get out and run a little bit. Um, and I look for a big series from J.R. too. Shumpert has been playing amazing. I don't see that letting up. And you know he's going to be home, happy to be back playing in Atlanta considering he was a Georgia Tech Yellow Jacket. The the matchup underneath is the maybe the matchup a little bit concerning because those Millsap and Horford are such face the rim players a lot of the times and Mozgov he doesn't play away from the basket real well so it'll be interesting to see how we match up defensively uh, I can almost see scenarios where Tristan's playing Horford LeBron's playing Millsap. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more of James Jones' series uh, in there to try to play DeMar Carroll if it starts getting to be a close, neat defense and big three-point uh, shot type series. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But uh, that, that, I, I agree. I think Tristan Thompson and Mozgov, that, that's a, the most interesting matchup. And then I think there's two matchups that are just, I mean, all-star against all-star point guard in uh, Teague and Kyrie. So whoever wins that matchup is going to go a long way. And then uh, you mentioned Shumpert and Smith uh, versus Korver. Uh, Korver has been shooting terribly. God forbid he gets hot. We don't want that. But uh, J.R. Smith coming back in that series was a little bit off. If he gets going, they don't want that. So I think that's really a key pivotal matchup is that Shumpert shooting guard, J.R. Smith, uh, Korver. Like I said, I'm a stand by it. Um, one of my other keys is LeBron can't have any 20-point games. Uh, you know, I know the other guys picked it up in the series against the Bulls, but LeBron has to have 25-plus in all these games against the Hawks. In that case, I believe the, the Cavs really will sweep them. Uh, I, I'll push it out to say in five, but I really believe we can sweep the Hawks and uh, everybody can get some rest and be ready for the finals. Um, I, I like the Cavs, too. I, I think it's a little bit more than that. I think it'll take six. Um, like I said, there's a few matchups there that I don't like, and I, and their coach makes good adjustments, and this whole series is going to be about adjustments. Uh, so I, I think Atlanta maybe squeaks one they shouldn't get, and they extend it to six, but um, I, I don't see the Hawks being able to, to overcome LeBron James. You've got to give some credit to a guy that they said he was an offensive coach. The Cavs played better defense against that Bull series. And Coach Black, uh, probably the best play that happened that wasn't included on the on the court was the Tyrone Lue saving that Coach Black from calling that timeout. But the, the coaching staff seemed to be gelling a little bit with the players as well. It really feels like things are coming together at the right time. And But one of the things you said, the Cavs had not have a great shooting game yet. So, I mean, that could be one game in this series where the Cavs just shoot lights out and they win one because, um, you know, they haven't got that game where they make 15 threes yet. You know, so, I mean, a lot of things could go in the Cavs' favor, and that's why I feel so strongly about it. But, yeah, it probably will play out a little bit. I mean, this is crunch time in the NBA. Um, we turn our attention real quick. Uh, just what did you think about the choke job of the L.A. Clippers? Um, the Rockets now face the Warriors. We know the Warriors put Memphis out. Um, just what you're seeing over there in the Western Conference and who you think might come out there. One quick quick thing to tie it up, I, I think with the Cavs. I don't know if we had already covered it or not, but uh, Tyrone Lue saving Blatt, like you mentioned there. You know, hopefully, maybe in my mind somewhere, you know that that moment was as close as anything to going down with the drive, the fumble, the shot, the timeout. You know, it, that was so Cleveland a way to lose a ball game, 
And what when Lou pulled him back and the refs didn't call it, and LeBron hits that shot, maybe this is the good karma. Maybe this is the swing where instead of it going down in infamy, it turns into being a key critical point for success. So I, I'm, I, I, I forgot to mention it, and if I didn't mention it, did mention it already, I'm sorry. But uh, that, to me, I thought was just kind of huge for, for Cleveland and karma. Uh, as far as the Clippers go, uh, I don't know. It was very disappointing. You know, after they blew that game six lead, it felt like they could be in big trouble or they were going to come out and be have a man game. And uh, they were in big trouble from the get-go in game seven. And Houston, uh, you know, I still don't think they're very good. I don't think they played defense, and now Dwight Howard looks like he might be out of game two. Uh, I expect, yeah, exactly. Uh, and even better that his own man takes him out, but so Dwight Howard of him. But, yeah, uh, when, it, when, it, when it gets tough in crunch time, Dwight Howard's nowhere to be found. Shocker. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, I, it, unfortunately for the Cavs, it looks like uh, they'll get a pretty well-rested Golden State team uh, if things play out the way I think they are. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I agree. Uh, it's one of these things. If if people, if Houston had half the fight that the reporters did, bad mouth and Steph Curry for having his daughter up on the podium, I think it would have been a better game. Um, you know, I just want to say, I just, I, I don't understand what goes on in this world, the lack of common sense. I mean, it was a cute moment. We've seen it time and time again. Uh, Sports Center ran a little segment with the kids at the podium. I mean, it's just one of those things. You know, you can ask the question why the kids up that late, but I mean, we know why they're trying to, you know, share the moment with their father and their respective sports. So, I, you know, these people that, you know, Brian Windhorse is one of them that have a problem when it doesn't make any sense. You talk to you just one three, quick thing. Josh Smith gives and Josh Smith take it away with that Houston Rockets team. Um, you get the good and the bad with Josh Smith when turnovers and whatnot. And James Harden is trying to do his best, uh, in my opinion, LeBron James impression. And we've seen how that movie, I said it before, plays out. And I just think, like you said, Golden State will have short rest and uh, be ready for the Cavs when they come out. Um, one last note, we talk about the NBA mock draft lottery. Your thoughts on how the New York Knicks get kicked in the nuts yet again after tanking and uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves get number one, the Lakers get two, and the 76ers get number three. Well, the, it definitely didn't put the the conspiracy theory to bed for me with the Lakers getting number two. I mean, if there's – a franchise that means more to the league than the Lakers. It might be the Celtics, but that's it. That's the list. But uh, the Knicks getting kicked out of the top three and top two even and losing out on the two bigs, you know, it's it just it's very Knicks of them. Uh, it feels like Dolan is cursed, and until he's gone, uh, it doesn't matter if they bring in uh, Jesus Christ himself, Phil Jackson, whoever is not going to change it, the culture and what's going on there. Somebody said something funny that uh, when the Minnesota Timberwolves won that lottery that uh, Okafer and both towns are sitting there looking like, well, I hope you're number one, you know. But when it comes to this whole thing, um, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be pretty interesting how the draft plays out, but and one last note about the lottery, how they, like, didn't allow family members of owners to be there now. So, I mean, that's a direct shot, in my opinion, that Nick Gilbert, uh, the Cavs owner who won three straight in a row, um, you know, and Mallory Edens wasn't happy about it, 
you know, from the Milwaukee Bucks. It, it, it just that's some of the fun of the lottery that I don't understand why the NBA needs to tweak that. Um, when it comes down to it, those franchises need so much. I, I don't think any of these players in the NBA draft right now are. They, I think they'll be great NBA players, but I don't think they'll be able to turn around any of those franchises in the top five in one year with the pieces they have, and that includes with Kobe Bryant playing with Jaleel Okafor or Carl Anthony Towns. Um, that's just not going to lift them up to be able to compete. Um, in the West or in the Eastern Conference, so, uh, in my opinion. So that, that's the that, NBA kick. The, the interesting, most interesting one to me, actually, is the Timberwolves because, uh, as we know, now they'll have the number one overall pick in three consecutive drafts. Now you can make your jokes of Anthony Bennett now if you want, but uh, they've got a decent uh, cast there with Rubio and Zach Levine and Petrovic. Um, you know, they they could make a pretty decent step, I think, in the next two years and have a pretty good foundation to, to get, uh, you know, that very difficult Western Conference, but to get in the mix there, I think. Uh, as long as they don't take a point guard, as long as Cliff Saunders doesn't take a point guard, I think they will be okay. So, I, I think Towns has got to be the pick for them with Petrovic uh, tied up with the money they just paid him. No, I agree. I definitely agree, and I think that would help fit in very well there. Um, and then Adrian Payne coming off the bench to back him up or vice versa. So, yeah, I definitely think that would be in good shape for them. But uh, well, a lot of Slip Saunders is there. I don't think those guys will ever make the playoffs. That's just, you know, I mean, that guy's got to go, in my opinion. Does, um, does he, he have a he, lifetime contract with the Timberwolves? He is best friends with it. No, he's like best friends with the owner. So that's why, because remember, he's the coach and GM. He's got full personnel control there. I mean, it makes no sense. It makes, I don't like, know what that owner is smoking. It's the same guy that owns Target, so. But I, I love the red. I love the red sales at Target, but hate what he does with the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> He's like the Great White North version of Isaiah Thomas in New York. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, we move from the 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 peach basket to the sand and the dirt, and let's talk Cleveland Indians. These Cleveland Indians have been getting amazing performances from their starting pitching. I mean, we know Kluber finally shook off the rust and has been lighting people up. Bauer, or a true Bauer outage is out here. And we've actually been getting some bat work from Kipnis and Dr. Smooth, but yet and still can't get the wins. It's all not clicking at the right times. Uh, your thoughts on what's going on with the tribe? Uh, I think you said it. It's just it's not clicking all at the right times. It's like one night you get pitching and the next night you get hitting. Uh, I think the Indians lead the league in differential in runs per game, whether that's winning or losing. You know, they're, they're either blowing teams out or they're getting blown out, it seems like. Uh, but it, recently here with these pitching performances, uh, it, it seems to have narrowed the gap and we're finding ways to lose one-run ball games. And as an Indian fan with the start we were already after, I think we have the third or fourth worst record in the entire majors. So uh, every close loss and wasted pitching performance is, uh, is, is a rough one. It's so sad because you see guys that are performing. We talked about Kipnis and, uh, and uh, Dr. Smooth. Good to see Michael Brantley back healthy and doing his job. Uh, you talk about the job that Brandon Moss has done still. Um, you know, but then you got guys that are slumping it out, you know, whether it's Santana or, <laughs> or of course, Michael Bourne and uh, Nick Fisher, the, the salary cap albatross that hangs over the small budget Indians, you know, have. Uh, 
It really it makes no sense. Uh, I only got one positive thing I can say about the Indians, but it ain't happening on the baseball time. So. I don't know if you guys yeah. know, but I, I can wrap it up. <laughs> I, I got nothing for you guys. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 getting late early, as Yogi would say, the, the late, great Yogi Berra. Or is he still alive? He just had a birthday. He's still alive. He, still... he just had a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> as Yogi would say, it's getting late early, and I ain't dead yet. <laughs> exactly. The great thing that's going on with the Indians um, – they're you spending some of that money that they use uh, that they do have, and they're they are renovating some baseball fields, and this is something that we ranted about when they did the renovation when they announced the renovations last year. So I want to give them some credit for this. They redone Luke Easter Park in Cleveland, Lincoln West, and they literally just donated uh, to Garfield Heights. They had some baseball equipment stolen. They literally gave them all new baseball equipment. So I got to shout out to the Indians for that. They're rebuilding baseball parks in the city of Cleveland. Um, we know what that means for youth baseball, and that be playing on, you know, professionally made landscape and everything. Parks is just awesome. And, I mean, these are in areas that literally will bring kids back to the diamond. So, uh, but too bad they can't turn on the old tube and watch a great baseball team play. But at least they can go out and play some great baseball themselves. Baseball themselves. And uh, on similar note, uh, on Twitter and Indian Nation on Twitter does a great job with this. Uh, Major League Baseball has a contest every month where if you tweet at the Indians in any of your tweets with hashtag WIF, uh, they will donate uh, to the top teams performing in those categories with the most tweets with that in it um, and will donate to the, the youth baseball programs in that city. So uh, if you're listening, please keep it up. And if you're not doing it already, start doing it. Get as many in there as you can. Any retweets help. Uh, and uh, the kids will have a good place to play ball. Absolutely. As always, Road Tribe. Tribe, uh, Wendians, Believe Land. As always, go Cavs. Cavs Nation's all in CLE. Love Cleveland. Uh, we move on real quick. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. They signed 11 of the 12 rookies. The OTAs are coming up. The only outstanding rookie is Duke Johnson. Um, and the big thing in the NFL from the owners' meetings is that they now have a new extra point, which screws the Browns. Uh, they will literally have to kick the extra point from the 15-yard line, and now defenses can score uh, those. They can return either a missed kick or a missed two-point conversion if they intercept it or, return, or recover a fumble. They can return that for two points. Um, one little note, a kid from Middleburg Heights, a kicker, is on – the Indian squad right now. I don't know if he'll make it Kerry Spears, but they've got to find a kicker. Uh, they didn't draft one. They didn't sign anybody besides Kerry Spears. They only have two in camp right now. I don't even know the other guy's name. It's just the special teams bothers me. And to hear Chris Tabor come out complaining about the new rules for extra points, I, I wanted that guy gone two years ago. I still don't understand how that guy had a job in career, and I'm done. Okay. Well, let's start reverse first. Tabor's an idiot. Okay, his argument was it hurts cold weather teams. You know, yes, cold weather teams are going to be performing more of the bad weather snaps in this, but they're going to be on the same field with whoever they play. And if a warm weather team or a dome team happens to be in Cleveland in December and it's 30 miles per hour wind, I think the advantage goes to the team that gets to practice and play in it the most. So, you know, just his flawed logic shows you how big of an idiot he is. Secondly, I am petrified of this thing as a Browns fan. 
I thought I'd seen every way for us to lose. Well, guess what, folks? The NFL has just invented new ways for the Cleveland Browns to lose. Congratulations to us. So hold your breath on every extra point, uh, every touchdown that we happen to maybe score to tie a game. uh, It has to be followed by an extra point from a kicker that we have no clue where it's coming from. So, and now that the defense gets the score, uh, I am not excited about this. It complicates my life as a Browns fan. Well, one quick crossover for the Browns. I give them credit. Joe Thomas and all the Browns players were at the Cavs games against the Bulls. Uh, Joe Thomas even got on the mic in between uh, in between timeouts and, and revved up the crowd. Uh, you know, it, it, it's the Browns are trying to do what they can in the community, so I give a clap to that. I don't know what they're going to do on special teams, and we'll be covering it here with an all-Ohio bias. As always, go Browns. Uh, dog pound, we bark forever. Believe Lance. Uh, quick LFC update. You know the last game they lost to Crystal Palace, but it was the last game of Steven Gerrard at Anfield. The pageantry was palpable. It was such a great moment seeing him walk out with his three daughters um, and see the end of the captain's era over in Merseyside in Liverpool. Uh, it will be interesting to see how he does in the MLS and uh, whether or not uh, how he's received. I know a lot of Liverpool fans in the U.S. are excited to see him play, but you still want to see him in the red and yellow. Um, as always, go Liverpool. They have one game left against Stoke City. We're hoping that they can end the season with a victory in the Premier League. This is With an Ohio Bias, a podcast for real fans with D and Jake. We will be coming back talking to NHL playoffs. Rory McIlroy's big weekend and a little MMA. Congratulations, Steve Miocic. We will see you on the other side. By the way, shout out to Cardell Jones for taking on Joe Kim Noah. That was freaking awesome. Hell yeah, he won that. Battle. Yeah, Cardell Jones, Ohio State's own undisputed national champion quarterback, definitely won the battle with Joe Kim Noah. Uh, and we don't have to see his ugly face around on TV or anywhere. He's probably on vacation in his hobbit hole. So the, the best meme I saw was Cardell's face on Tristan's body ducking over <laughs> Joe Kim. <laughs> No, it's awesome, awesome. And we talk about awesome. The NHL playoffs were awesome, but we'll get into the conference finals here in a second. I told you, we I was rooting for him. I literally was, you know, I was rooting for him. You know, I was watching the Caps games, but once again, the Caps up 3-1, choke like dogs to the New York Rangers. I'm the saddest person to see it come in after Oslo Vetchkin guaranteed that game. What can you say? Just when I was thinking the Caps weren't the Caps, and that Barry Trotz might have given them a backbone. They go all capitals on them, on us, and uh, the Rangers are in the finals now. And uh, it, you know, they got out to the lead early. Ovi looked like he was going to make good on it, and the Capitals and uh, and Lundqvist just uh, shut the door on him after that. And uh, it just was, uh, it, you know, it wasn't as big of a, it wasn't a choke job as much as it was. The Rangers just were a better team. Hey, you know when that game went back to New York, it just wasn't a good look. I mean, um, Game 7, Madison Square Garden, it just wasn't going to – the deck was stacked against the Capitals right there, and they, they gave a good effort. But like you said, that Lundquist really – I mean, he was amazing in that second, third period. Anytime you're up 3-1 and you got to play in a Game 7, you're you're pretty much in big trouble. Yeah, after the Clippers. Um, 
we move on now. We got the Ducks and the Rangers, and I mean, I think the Rangers are in a lot of trouble against these mighty, mighty Ducks. Well, the Rangers play the Lightning. Or, or I mean, my bad, my bad. The Ducks yeah. and the Blackhawks. My bad, my bad. Ducks and the Blackhawks. I wouldn't right. know. Well, we, we got this one. The New York Rangers are now playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I think there's a storm from the north of New York to all the way down south of Florida, and the Tampa Bay Lightning look unbelievable. Ben Bishop's been owning the Rangers all season long and definitely in these playoffs so far, the first game Saturday. Uh, your thoughts on that series? Yeah, and Steven Stamkos seems to uh, has awoken from his slumber. Um, is, the Lightning are a very dangerous team right now. They're very good on special teams with power play and penalty kill. Ben Bishop's standing on his head making unbelievable saves. So as long as that keeps up, uh, I just think their speed and skills a little bit better than the Rangers right now. And, you know, it's for as good as Rick Nash is in, is in the regular season with his 40 goals, uh, year in and year out in the playoffs, he proves he's just another guy in the playoffs. Yeah, did the Blue Jackets dodge a bullet? Why, uh, I know we were sad to see him go in the way that and then, but, I mean, if the Blue Jackets got in the playoffs holding on to Rick Nash as your superstar, uh, would that have played out the same way, you think? No, I, I actually I think moving on from Rick Nash was a, a pivotal moment in the changing of the guard to the Blue Jackets. Uh, it, since we're speaking of them, they named uh, Nick Foligno their sixth captain, I believe, in franchise history. But really, if you think about it, they haven't really had a great captain. Uh, Nash was captain. I'm not. I'm not here to bash Nash. I mean, he's a good player, he, but he's not a, a real captain type guy. Uh, and Adam Foote definitely wasn't a captain-type guy. Uh, so just thinking back, it's been a while since the Blue Jackets have had someone that fits that leadership in that sea like Nick Foligno. Um, so congratulations to him. But, uh, yeah, I, back to your question, I definitely think that moving on from Rick Nash kind of sparked the, the renaissance of the Blue Jackets. Yeah, and it's one of these, you love the comparison, so I'll give you one because it's something that's just so uh, transparent, being that the two franchises uh, kind of were similar. It just was a superstar leaving versus that. But having Rick Nash coming in, being the face of the franchise, and it's kind of similar to Kyrie, uh, both great players, but there's something different in their personalities. Like you said, was he really captain material, you know? putting that on him to be the face of the franchise and lead a young team like that and make them relevant is a lot to do for a guy also trying to find his game night in and night out in the league. You know, like, so uh, I know the sports are different and it's a lot more um, team-centric, you know, but uh, Rick Nash, you know, put up the numbers, but when it came to really, really when you talk about the leadership necessary to get a team up to the next level, I think now we're seeing that. And I think Nick Foligno is an awesome choice. We know what he meant um, just during the All-Star Weekend as an ambassador. And, uh, you know, I mean, could, could could it have been that they could have named Nick Foligno earlier? You think the timing is perfect now for the Blue Jackets? Uh, I, I think it's a good timing. Um, to your comparison, I, I think that you make a good point. I think their personalities are kind of similar. Uh, the difference to me, though, with Kyrie is he's got the clutch gene. Nash just doesn't seem to have the clutch gene. You know, he gets, Kyrie can, has the ability to lead on the court because he's so good. Uh, Nash seems like he's a shrinking violet in the playoffs. 
but definitely, I, I think the similar personalities where they're they're just uh, not comfortable uh, taking charge vocally. So, um, but as far as the timing with this, um, it, I, I think I think you need to have a captain to be taken seriously in this league, and I think it's a little overdue. Um, but I don't think we get to Nick Felino if we name a captain any earlier. So uh, all things work out for a reason. Uh, so it's it, everything's pointing to 2015-16 season as being a very special year for the Blue Jackets. Yeah, one last Blue Jackets note. Uh, of course, Coach Todd Richards uh, was coaching Team USA. They got the bronze medal. Uh, Canada was just lights out. I mean, with their goal scoring. So I mean, they they took away they took away the goal. But uh, I don't think Coach Todd Richards shamed uh, the nation or anything like that. It was a great performance by the USA. No, and also a great performance by uh, Bob's. He uh, played very well, winning the silver medal for Russia and uh, shutting shutting the Americans and Todd Richards out um, in the semifinal game. So. Uh, Somebody had to lose, I guess. So it was good to see Bob's uh, with the shutout. Yeah, and uh, you know we we didn't throw our predictions because we weren't uh, on with the uh, beginning of these conference finals. But uh, I'm taking the Lightning with Tyler Johnson because that guy does have the clutch genes and he can't stop scoring goals. So yeah, what a great story too. And a guy who's been passed over a couple times, uh, and now just his grittiness and toughness and uh, his nose for the puck is. Uh, definitely paying off for the Lightning, and uh, I definitely agree. I think Tampa Bay beats the Rangers. Uh, we, we can touch real quick on the Blackhawks and the Ducks. Uh, I think this is I, – I, the Blackhawks have a little bit more skill and a little bit more flash, but the Ducks have just as much speed as the Blackhawks, and they're so much bigger. So if the Blackhawks are going to win this series, Corey Crawford's got to play unbelievable like he did last night in the triple overtime game. Uh, that the Blackhawks stole in Anaheim, but they've got to stay out of the uh, board warfare, trench warfare. They they got to battle for pucks, but be smart because uh, the Ducks are so big and physical. By game six or seven, these smaller Blackhawks could be really beat up, and that's when the Ducks will really take advantage of them. So um, I'm I'm actually going to take the Ducks in seven games. Uh, I think they get them just for that reason. I agree. I think the Ducks are going to lean and 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 just wear these guys down. And Anderson was amazing. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna tell you that just I tapped out last night in the, in the second overtime. Okay, I, I was I was excited because I've seen it going to the double overtime, but I couldn't make. It. You know, it just wasn't those things. Um, so I highlight how it ended this morning. And of course, the uh, header that wasn't uh, allowed to be involved. that's got to be legalized. You you got to reward that. I understand. You can't bat a puck in and kick a puck in. But if you can skillfully get it in with your head, I, I think that's even more impressive than putting it in with your stick. So uh, NHL do the right thing and allow headers. Uh, but, yeah, I think we're going to see something that, you know, a lot of people probably waited for when these expansion teams come in. We might have Ducks versus Lightning. For the Stanley Cup playoffs, so for the Stanley Cup final. All right, we move from the world of hockey and the ice to the greens. And what Rory McIlroy did was just simply, simply amazing. And he said he got a little bored on Sunday uh, after putting up an outrageous number. What did you think of the performance by the Irish lad? 
Yeah, and to do it, that's not an easy course to play. Uh, He almost shot a 59 on Saturday. I was watching. There's nothing more impressive than watching him when he's on his game. He's like Tiger was back when he was on his game. Every shot, it's like a robot. Um, But uh, the future is bright with him and Jordan Spieth at the top right now going back and forth. Uh, it, it'll be, uh, I really hope that kind of works out and those two kind of separate a little bit, but, uh, uh, great golf and, uh, two weeks away from the Memorial right here in Dublin. Yeah. I think this has been a phenomenal year because you've had everybody get a win. So when we're going to be coming down to, you know, whether it's the British open, the Memorial, like you said, everybody's wide open and you never know who's going to get hot during that weekend, I mean, we know Phil was trying to do a little, make a little noise, but then Rory just turned it on. Um, you know, it just, it was one of those things that if you're, if people have talked about the wins that Rory's putting up and whatnot, but now people actually, the magnifying glass is on him and he's playing even better. That's what I think the best thing. So, you know, we had a debate here on our show where we were talking about, well, why Rory not as big of a star yet? This will, this, that kind of performance will make him a star because it made me watch, you know, I see the number. I, you, you look at the, you know, you get alert, or you, you know, you see it on Twitter. You're like, what? He's doing what? And it makes you t- tune in to see, you know, how great he can be. So I think that can make the difference and really propel him um, to be a true household name. Uh, not bigger than Tiger, in my opinion, but you know, he can take he can take that torch from Tiger and be what golf needs right now. Yeah, and and on top of it, I think you know when Tiger was doing it, the field wasn't so deep. I mean. It's, Right now, the impressive thing is and you got guys like Bubba and DJ, uh, Jason Day, Justin Rose. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on and on uh, of really, really great young players. And, and Rory's definitely separated himself from some great players. Yeah, so congrats to Rory on his seven-stroke victory at the Wells Fargo Classic. Uh, a hell of a performance. And definitely, like you said, the memorial coming up here in Ohio is definitely exciting. Want to talk of a quick note? Uh, we move on from the green to the octagon, and want to just give a shout out to Stepe Miocic, uh, North of East Ohio's on Ohio's on the firefighter, put on a hell of a performance. I mean, this, this is one of those ones where people were saying, "How does this fight go five rounds?" Because that's the kind of beating he put on Mark Hunt, and Mark Hunt even put out the pictures. But uh, Mark Hunt's a tough son of a gun. Um, you got to give a shout out to him. But down at UFC Adelaide. Uh, the fight night was awesome, and Stephen uh, Mielcic has put himself in 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 his position for the winner of Fabricio Ferdum versus Dean Velasquez. He should be getting the title shot now. So um, we look forward to see where Stephen goes next. Uh, the big weekend's coming up here, Memorial Day weekend. You got the Anthony Johnson versus DC to see who's going to take John Jones' vacated belt, and of course, Chris Ryman finally returns for his title defense against Vitor Belfort, a match we've been waiting two years to see. So. Uh, very excited about that. Some great things going on in MMA. And, uh, you know, we'll be covering it here at WAOB, MMA, hell yeah, Team MMA for life. Indy 500 is coming up, Jake. We know we're not going to do our big Indy 500 show like we did last year, but I uh, wanted to think what you thought. We've had a lot of crashes in the practices and uh, things leading up to the Indy 500 race coming up this weekend. Your thoughts, uh, some people are almost, you know, we got the 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 – the wackadoos coming out of the, the, the woodwork 
asking for the race to actually be canceled and try to end the Indy 500. I know you probably feel like me. That's ridiculous. But you think they should be taking some more steps to make it a little bit safer. We saw Elio Castroneves uh, walk away from a terrible crash, but he is fine and still racing this weekend. It's such a fine line in sports, you know, any sport that there's an inherent risk that goes with it that you accept as an athlete. Um, I mean, we're obviously examples, the NFL right now with the concussions and we're going to see where this goes. I mean, at some point you got to play football or you can't, you know, you're going to have to hit someone and concussions are part of the deal. So in racing, getting in wrecks are part of the deal. Um, but it does seem like it's happening a little bit more. And the fine line is how far do you let drivers and uh, owners push cars versus safety controls? And, uh, you know, and that's the debate in NASCAR with the restrictor plate. Does it make it safer to slow down the cars or does it make it uh, more dangerous to bunch them up? Uh, It's an interesting question for someone probably a little bit more qualified than me, but, um, definitely something to keep an eye on. I don't see ever a scenario where they cancel the Indianapolis 500 and end IndyCar racing. Uh, there's too much money involved in it and too much passion involved in it, to be honest. Absolutely. And I bring up the uh, Castroneves crash because I think this might be his swan song here. Uh, he gets the win this weekend and goes out kind of like Alan or A.J. Foyt uh, to be a, you know, a guy that's 40 years old but still being able to uh, win this big race. So. Um, I know, like, you know, uh, you got the names, Juan Montoya, Tony Canaan, who also are out there, Scott Dixon. You know, but I, I really think this might be Elio's year. Yeah, and uh, like you said, that would be a great storyline. And, you know, these guys are going out there and nobody's holding a gun to their head. They, this is, you know, a big deal. And these guys have been doing it for their whole lives and it's what they know and what they love. So uh, it, it's uh, uh, the great American race. I mean, what the hell? But, uh, yeah, I think that would be a great storyline. Kanan also uh, is one of my uh, favorites for the race. Yeah, and it's one of those things, if you've never been to the Indy 500 and, you know, you see the crashes on TV, but there's something different when you see those cars go by and you feel the heat and you feel the force. You know, imagine you always see the guys training for uh, astronauts and they show the old, uh, spear going around in a circle, well, you feel those forces coming off of that track if you're standing at the gate. So you can only imagine uh, what it feels like for those drivers, and uh, that, it gives you a new respect for the new car and racing in general, and that's why we love sports so much, and we talk about it here at with Ohio Bias. It's like Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase and Spies Like Us in that simulator for <laughs> before they go oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that has been show 40, Baby Steps. We think the Indians need to take some baby steps uh, in the right direction and getting the hitting and the pitching on the same page. We know the Cavs are baby steps away from being in the NBA Finals. they got to get by these pesky Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Looking forward to that, and, I mean, it's been great TV. And baby steps by these franchises, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Anaheim Ducks, who are on the precipice of the Stanley Cup final. Um, very exciting times here. Uh, and Steve Miocic, who's baby steps away from being the heavyweight champion of the UFC. Very exciting times. Very excited about the Cavs. I, I just, you know, can't wait to watch it, and we're about to tune in here very shortly. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following. 
just passed 3,000 Twitter, Twitter followers, so uh, more than I ever dreamed of. Uh, we appreciate every follow, every tweet. Uh, keep it up. Take care of one another, unless they're wearing a Michigan jersey. Take care. Thanks for listening. As always, go Cavs. Oh, shit. I don't have my sheets. You said half of it right there. We thank all the medical professionals, all the caregivers, doctors, nurses, anybody that eases the pain of those in pain. We say a special prayer for the troops that are in service, especially the veterans and those that have left us in service, especially Memorial Day weekend coming up. We thank you for your service, and we appreciate your gift to America. We say a special prayer for those that went remission in action or might still be behind enemy lines. This is with an Ohio bias, a podcast for real fans with Dee and Jake. As always, go Browns, go Cavs, roll tribe, LFC, MMA, hell yeah, wrestling is real. As always, go CBJ. As always, go Bucks, undisputed national champions, OH. I.O. And that's something to get up there. Just keep it going, so.